Hello, Shiver Seekers. Cynthia here. Hey, I just wanted to give you a heads up that during the recording of this episode, I was getting over a cold. So if you hear me have the sniffles, I sound a little funny, or I pop a cough drop in, just don't hold it against me. Hope you enjoy. Hello, Shiver Seekers. Are you ready to follow us into the nonsensical unknown? <laughs> I'm Cynthia. And I'm Stephanie. You have found the dark oak. tell you a doozy of a story today. It's a real doozy. (laughs) Today's story is all about Phoebe Hansjuke. Do you know that name? A little bit. Ring a bell. All right. Well, this story takes place in Melbourne, Australia. Oh my gosh, we just covered a case. I know. I know. We're on the same like wavelength. Yeah, I love that. Hmm. All right. Well, this happens on December 2nd, 2010. So a man named Anthony Hample, and Anthony went by the nickname Ant. Okay. I don't know if I would have chosen that, but (laughs) Ant it is. It's interesting. So Ant arrived at his building's basement parking lot at around 6 p.m. on this December 2nd. And there he used his security key fob to open the gate to enter the garage. Now, this was a luxury apartment building, and any entrance into the building whatsoever required the tenant to swipe their personal security fob. Once Ant was in the garage, he had to swipe his fob again to get to the floor level on which he lived. And in one publication I read, um, he could apparently only get onto that one floor that he lived via elevator with his key fob. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I think a lot of luxury places are kind of like that. Like, I know a lot of hotels are like that. Yes. I've stayed in hotels like that where you need the key. To get to like the penthouse floor or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. So basically, if you lived... In this building, your comings and goings were really well documented, you know. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm sure they have data logs of every swipe and, you know, each one is assigned to a person. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Now, at the time, Ant was a 43-year-old event promoter who lived on the 12th floor of this beautiful luxury apartment building. And he lived there with his gorgeous 24-year-old girlfriend named Phoebe Hansjuke. Now, Ant made a lot of money in this position of event promoter, and that was how he was able to afford this really nice place. And Phoebe, who at 24 was a receptionist at a hair salon when she met Ant, she was just this beautiful woman. She was super fun, free-spirited, and Ant decided to let her move in with him. But from everything I've seen, even though she was, you know, living there, and Aunt did require that she pay rent. He still very much considered this apartment his place. Okay. Okay. But they were dating. They were dating. She lived there. She paid and rent. she paid rent. Mm-hmm. But he was like, you're basically renting a room and this is my place. Pretty much. Just kind of like it was how the house had to be kept, how he wanted it, 
had to look how he wanted it. Um, yeah. Okay. He was so very Ant's, much Ant's a special kind of guy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he liked his place to be kept very, very tidy, like museum quality clean. Okay. There are there are a good number of people out there that are like that. If I had my way, that's how my house would be. It's just not possible with well, you produced, three kids. You and produced a, offspring. So, no, not, so not going to happen for me. <laughs> but like in a perfect world. Yeah. That's what my house yeah. would look like. Okay. So it's about 6 p.m. And he walks into his apartment and he would later say that he wouldn't he could not remember if his apartment door was locked or unlocked when he walked in. Which is kind of weird, like I would assume with all the security it would have like an automatic lock. So you're telling me there's like a you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so there's a manual lock after I, getting through all these other locks. I assume so, because later on, after we after what happens happened, uh-huh. Uh He's asked, was the door locked or unlocked? And he was not able to say whether it was locked oh, or unlocked. He just walked in. I know. Okay. And weird to me also that you wouldn't know if your door was locked or unlocked because we keep ours locked all the time. If I go to my front door and it is unlocked like it was the other day, I'm immediately going to be like, hey, guys, somebody left the front door unlocked kind of thing. You know, that's going to ring yeah, a bell. I think that was why I was trying to decipher because if it's a manual lock, I think there's more of an action of having to unlock the door. If it's a fob and you just swipe it, you might not remember if you swiped. True. Is that fair? Like, cause, cause sometimes you can do it in like, you know, when you're in a hotel, you can kind of do it in a motion. Yeah. Like you kind of swipe and like open the door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if you are literally inserting a key, that would be a little harder to forget in right. my opinion. Yeah. So maybe it was like a fob, but no matter what, but that still doesn't make sense because you can leave the door unlocked with your fob. Like you would think it yeah. would automatically lock. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I just know he was not able to say okay. how the door was. Okay. Uh, when he got inside his apartment, his dog Yoshi greeted him. Oh, I love the name I Yoshi. know, it's cute. <laughs> but he did not see Phoebe anywhere. He did see her purse and her keys laying on the counter. And he said that there were some post-it notes with strange scribbles on them all over the counter. And this really stood out to him because, one, again, he liked to keep the house very it tidy. clutter. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, this paper laying here. How dare she have yeah. these scribbly papers on the counter? <laughs> right. Um, but on top of that, he did have a cleaning person who would come in uh, once a week and clean top to bottom. And she had just been there the day before. So... This clutter was even more pronounced. Yes. Yeah, got it. So Aunt went into the bedroom that he shared with Phoebe, and he found a photo of himself and Phoebe laying on the bed, along with a photo of Phoebe's cat, and a whole lot of rambled notes. He said, it's the notes she writes when she's smashed, and they don't make a lot of sense. That's what he said about these notes. Okay. I mean, I, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe that's her thing. Aunt would later describe this scene in the bedroom with the photos and the notes as a shrine. Oh, okay. That's a weird word. It is. Um, there were some candles burning. So maybe that led him to feel a little more, you know. And I'm sorry. What was the time of day? It was about 6 p.m. Okay, got it. So 6 p.m. It wouldn't be unusual to have a little candle here and no. there. I don't know. I'm just trying to 
see it in my mind's eye. Okay, proceed. Well, here's the more weird thing. Along with the oh. candles burning, there was a flat iron that was plugged in in the bathroom. Now, that by itself is not unusual because they were getting ready to go out. But it's just unusual that it was left and nobody was there. Okay, yeah. And then the weirdest thing was there was broken glass and some blood near the computer keyboard. Now, all I really know is that broken glass and blood. That's all I know. Okay. So the fact that he didn't immediately panic makes me think that it, you know, it, it probably wasn't a whole lot of broken glass and blood. Maybe like she broke up a, a glass, just maybe, you know, cut her hand or well, something. And the fact that he has said it was this, it was like drunken writing. Maybe he thought she just kind of got smashed. If that, again, was his theory that she had just been drinking and wandered off or, you know, whatever it was, I can see how he wasn't immediately alarmed. If that part had not been added in that some of the things he saw she did when she was drinking, you know, what I'm saying? That might be a little more like I might be a little out. more. Exactly. Okay. I might be a little bit more weirded out. But in context, I'm like, OK, well, maybe she had a little wine and then had a little too much wine and then she just got a little careless. OK. Yeah. So not not alarm bells going off for you yet. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. No, I don't think so at this point. Me neither. I I mean, I'm assuming it wasn't like a full-on blood blood bath. I'm assuming it's just a little bit. Other than those things being a little, you know, bizarre. Those things. Those, is that what I said? Those things. Other than those things. Canadian. No, this is Australian. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I I might. No, Uh, never mind. No. uh, No. Just no. (laughs) No. Uh -uh. Okay, so other than those things, it looked as if Phoebe had just stepped out. And intended to be right back. But keep in mind, she could leave the apartment without a key, but she would need her key fob to get back into the building. Okay. She would even need that key fob to get back onto her floor. Right. You know, the fact that... So even if she had stepped out without the door key to the actual, like, apartment Mm -hmm, or condo, mm -hmm. she still would have needed her fob to even make it back to the apartment or condo. Yes. If she'd left the floor, she would have needed it to get to the elevator. If she'd left the building, she would need it to get back in. Yeah. And Phoebe's purse and keys were laying on the kitchen counter. Okay. So the fact that she was gone, but her keys were not, was a little weird. Yeah. Aunt and Phoebe had plans to go to dinner with Phoebe's father, Len, that evening. And they were going to go to one of Phoebe's favorite restaurants called the Golden Triangle. So at about 10 till 7 that night... Lynn called Phoebe on her iPhone. There's actually several kind of weird discrepancies about this phone. Some accounts say it was Phoebe's iPhone. Some accounts say that this phone actually belonged to Aunt, but he let Phoebe use it because her phone was broken and was being repaired. But whatever the situation, Lynn called whatever phone he believed Phoebe had. So then Phoebe's dad. Yeah. Okay. According to Lynn, when he called Phoebe's iPhone, Aunt answered. Okay, so this is the phone that Phoebe was supposed to be holding, which right. could have been borrowed from Aunt. <laughs> but he's saying, regardless, I called and Aunt answered. Right. Okay. Aunt answered. Now, according to Aunt, Aunt says that he never answered that call that Lynn made, but he was looking for Phoebe. And so he just happened to pick up the phone. And call Lynn. So Lynn's saying he called Phoebe and Aunt answered. Aunt is saying, I called Lynn. 
Okay. I don't know that any of that is important, but it is just two different two different people are saying two different things. So Aunt is saying that he called Lynn trying to figure out where Phoebe uh-huh. was. As soon as Lynn finds out that Phoebe's not at home, but all of her stuff is, he becomes really concerned. Because just the day before, Phoebe had sent a strange group text message from her phone or the phone that she was holding, the phone that she was yeah. carrying, yeah. to Lynn, to Phoebe's mother, Natalie, and to her partner, Russell, to Aunt, to her brothers, and to her grandmother, Jeanette, and to her boss. So this big group text. Yeah. And this is what the message said. It says, hi, family. I am in bed and about to sleep. And when I wake, I will transform into the most incredibly human being you've ever seen. Dot, dot, dot. Not. I will go to hospital. It's safer there. And I hear the special tonight is tomato soup. Delicious. Nutritious. I love you all very much, but not enough to send an individual text. Sorry about that, but time is sleep and I must be on my way. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. Exo. And keep in mind that um, I read it as she meant to say it, but there's a lot of typos throughout that. A little weird, right? <laughs> I don't know. Do people drunk message? I mean, sure. Seems a little off. It was a little weird. Of course, I don't know Phoebe. Maybe Phoebe's just kind of an interesting person who... You know, some people have different, like, texting styles than others. Yeah, I don't, especially don't like that line about, like, I like you all, not enough to send you an individual text. It's a little, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why that part stood out. And see, for me, that's, like, the most lucid of all of it. Because it's like, hey, I love all y'all, but listen, this is too much work. I can. I mean, I guess, I guess that's true, but so many, like, kind of unrelated party like would you send that to your boss and your mom in the same text message yes if this is like a close family group and you have you know what i'm saying yeah. that's one thing but when you're in, gonna include other people you know what i'm saying yeah like, unrelated parties that seems really unusual it is well yeah i mean i would i don't know anybody in my life who would send this particular text you know what to Tonight, like a I'm group send it to you i, to I you really do. hope you do <laughs> i'm gonna send an incoherent <laughs> message <laughs> I'm assuming this message was out of character even for Phoebe because Natalie, Phoebe's mom, who had been out of town when she received this text, was so bothered by it that she called her mother, Jeanette, Phoebe's grandmother. Right. And she asked her to check on Phoebe. Yeah. And Jeanette was so disturbed by the text that she called aunt on the morning of December 10th. So that's this day that we're talking about and asked him if Phoebe was okay. Now, Aunt said he'd not seen this message, but when he'd left for work that morning, Phoebe had still been asleep in the apartment, but that he would swing by the house on his lunch break to check on her. So I guess this text was bizarre enough to alert several members of the family to be like, hey, something's going on. Yeah. All right. So I just want to note this. Aunt says he did come by and check on Phoebe throughout the day, right? There is no record of his key fob letting him in the building at all that day, other than like when he came home at six. Okay, so he didn't go. <laughs> My interpretation of that, I mean, I'm sorry, there are some things. What is it, a conspiracy? They they deleted his like key fob entries or something. Don't you think he'd be smart enough to know though that like, hey, I guess not. Well, then I guess, what's the explanation? I guess not. I guess you somehow wouldn't. it just didn't record his entries that day. Well, I don't know. I'm not a Clearly, we know I'm not a tech person. 
So if anybody's going to be like, hey, all I know is that I was here, you know, but uh, I don't know. He I, probably wasn't thinking I like, oh, her mother or her grand. Yeah. Okay. That's just me. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe it, I'm a skeptical Well, that's person. why I mention it because it's worth mentioning, I think. That's. That's got my spidey sense up. Here's the thing I always go back to. I just remember when I was in the corporate world and I would send a fax and the person on the other and I would get the confirmation and the person on the other end would be like, you never sent that fax. And I immediately would be like, this person's an idiot because anybody who's going to tell me that I did not send a fax when I one know I sent the fax and two am looking at the confirmation, you know, sheet is an idiot because how do they think they know better than I do? So for me, that's kind of where I go. Like he's saying he went there. So I don't care what the key fob says. I went there. I know I went there. Like that's just kind of where I go. Unless you're up to no good and you're trying to make a nice alibi. Which is possible. Yeah. I had a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) That's just where I go. I just am very much like, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah, But I would do it the other way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have confirmation. You weren't here. Like, I would say, okay. how did a hundred other key fobs show mm. entry and exit, but yours didn't work that day? Okay. All you know right. what I'm yeah. saying? No, like, I'm... if somehow they had some system failure. Like, listen, I mean, I believe in technology, but, I mean, let's be real. Like, there are kinks. So, maybe the power, power outage or something had happened, sure. or their system was down that day or something. Okay, fine. Then maybe. But how are you going to tell me that? They had scans and that it was working for everybody else in this luxury apartment, but just yours didn't work on the day that your girlfriend disappeared. Yeah, I'm I'm going to cry, uncle. Like, I, it just doesn't make that. I just don't buy that. Good point. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. That makes sense. OK, so back to Lynn finding out Phoebe's not home, but they have these dinner plans and her purse and her keys are he's immediately like upset. So Lynn tells aunt he wants him to report her missing right away yeah but aunt didn't want to he wanted to give it some more time saying that police don't even take these reports seriously until after someone's been missing for 48 hours and that he should wait 48 hours and you know by then she'll be home now lynn's a psychiatrist okay Uh so i feel like he should know a thing or two about what is and is not normal behavior, right? He's a psychiatrist. Yeah, and he should also know laws on when you can report a missing person. Should. And he should especially know his daughter and yes. her behavior. Yeah. So the fact that he is alarmed enough to want a missing person report filed makes me think, okay. This- I feel like everybody close to her outside of aunt is concerned. Yes. Like, yes. that's what it's sounding like to me. They are recognizing behavior that doesn't seem... No, it's like, did she have like some kind of break or something like some kind of mental breakdown? Right. I agree with you. And the fact that she said she was going to hospital. Let's call the hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, something is not right. I'm I'm completely. Yeah. On the same page with you. So Lynn starts calling around to friends and family trying to find out if anybody has heard from Phoebe. And after making several calls, Lynn ends up speaking to a friend of Phoebe's named Bren. And Bren was a man who had last seen Phoebe just a couple of nights before when they'd gone out for drinks together. And Bren said that when he had last seen Phoebe, she was on a little bit of a bender. Oh, boy. Yeah. So according to Phoebe's family and some of her friends, Phoebe and Aunt's relationship had been a bit troubled lately. And that recently they'd done a lot of fighting and breaking up. Phoebe had even 
moved out a couple of times. And Aunt said that during these times, Phoebe had been drinking a lot. She'd also been partying with friends and using prescription drugs to help her sleep. Aunt said the reason why he wasn't concerned and didn't really think he needed to report her missing was because she'd been act she had been acting like this. And you know what? That's a totally different side, which I totally could see being plausible. Me too. And that's why when all these people are like, hey, we think something's wrong. And he's like, yeah, because I already know what it is. I don't need to go check on her because I know she's taking these prescription drugs. She's sleeping in bed. She's not acting like herself. It's unfortunate that he wasn't encouraging her to get help, or maybe he was. I don't know, but I could see this being plausible. Right. I think both sides are valid. Yeah. I can understand why her family would be alarmed, but I can understand why the person who lives with her and is probably closest to her might be like, hey, we've been down this road before. Or even he's like, well, listen, I'm monitoring her. There's no need to get anybody else involved. Right. Like, and maybe he felt like he could help her. Right. Or let's, yeah. you know, let's give it 48 hours and see what happens. Because the last uh, time she did this, she was home in two days. That's like, exactly right. I can yeah. I can see that. If, if she was acting off, Mm-hmm. I can see him saying, let's give it a little right. more time. Yeah, I can too. They both, both sides make sense. Uh, so Ant decides this is not, we, we don't need to be like super concerned yet. And he orders takeout for himself from the restaurant that he was supposed to go to that night with Phoebe and Lynn. So about an hour after he gets home, he's already ordered takeout. If she's been doing this regularly. Okay. I, I would be like, well... She's All not right. coming back tonight. She's not coming like, back tonight. If this yeah. is something he's become and accustomed I to. And I really had my mouth set for some delicious, I don't know, I'm just guessing what kind of food a Golden Triangle has. Like, I had really had my mouth set for some Thai noodles, so Thai noodles it is. I don't know. Okay. Like, I don't know. That, to me... You can see it. Like, if I this can, is... This I is, can oh, see it. She, she's gone off. She's done for the night. Like, I'm just going to order my food and sit I here. I can see it. Food. Okay. I can see it, especially if it's only six o'clock. He's like, well, she's not coming home until the bar is closed. Right. Okay. You know, yeah. or she's staying at a friend's house or whatever it is. Like, I, yeah, he's probably like, well, she took those pills again because look at these ramblings and she, yes. left this, she left this thing plugged in and left the candles on. She's clearly like kind of like off her rocker a little right. bit. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I agree with you. I can, I can, I can see, see that being yeah. a plausible explanation why sure. he wouldn't seek help i can too so it's about 8 p.m and the food delivery person rings his doorbell to the building and aunt buzzes him up and when he gets upstairs the delivery guy tells aunt that it was really hard to get into the building as the front of the building is swarming with police officers police cars ambulances so much so that he had to park his bike up the street and he really hoped Aunt's food wasn't cold because he'd been so delayed by all this commotion downstairs. Okay. So Aunt goes downstairs. Yeah. And he finds a police officer and he asks what is going on. And the officer tells him that a woman's body has been found in the trash compactor room. And Aunt tells the officer that his girlfriend has been missing for the last couple of hours and asked, is it possible that this woman is my girlfriend? Oh, gosh. He said he'd been trying to call her all day on the home phone with no answer, which, again, he says he came home and checked on her. So which one yeah. is it, buddy? Um, he said she'd been suffering with depression and that she was heavily medicated. So the detective asked Aunt if Phoebe had any distinguishing features. And Aunt showed him the tattoo on his own wrist that matched one that Phoebe had. 
and aunt told the officer that Phoebe had a stud piercing in her upper lip. The officer asked aunt to go get a photo of Phoebe so that he could compare the body to the photo. And investigators compared aunt's photo to photos taken at the crime scene. This officer then followed aunt back up to his apartment and asked if Phoebe had a tattoo on her stomach, which she did. And the officer confirmed that he believed the woman who they had found was Phoebe. Mental health is so tough. It's Yeah, it really is. It really is. It really is tough. Gosh. Now, this detective would later report that upon hearing that this woman who had been found was probably his girlfriend. Yeah. Aunt had no visible reaction to this news. Okay, well, that's a little weird. It is, but at the same time, we've talked before, like, everybody, like, I don't know, you know, you just deal. And you know what? I wonder if he almost was a little resigned, like, she's just going to wind up, like, killing herself. Like, I've been telling her she's going to have an accident, like, something's going to happen. I've told her to get help, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I wonder if he was just, like, so stuck in his own thoughts about it that he didn't have a reaction. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Without being there, without seeing it. It's like, true. I just can't make a, I don't know. I can't make a decision about what I think on that. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, at this point, Aunt had to call Lynn back and tell him that his daughter had been found and that she was dead. Yeah, that that must have been awful. Awful. I, awful, awful, Absolutely awful, awful. awful. Mm-mm. I don't even know if I could choke the words out. No, I don't think so. But I wouldn't have wanted him to get the call from, like, somebody he doesn't know. True. True. I just, yeah, no, I don't. Or the call from anybody. It's it's, it's awful no matter what. But to have to be, I've had to tell, not even a traumatic way, when my grandfather died, I got the call before my mom did for some reason. Okay. And I had to, like, call my mom and tell her. And And that that was, was, like, something that... was it totally unexpected? Yeah, and I still it was like, oh, I don't want to have to be the one to tell her. Yeah, it's horrible news. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, so Lynn was obviously devastated, and then Lynn had to call the rest of the family with the news, and everyone took it about as you would expect. Just yeah, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. So twenty-four-year-old Phoebe had been found dead on the floor of the garbage compactor room with her right foot almost completely severed by the trash compactor machine. And almost immediately, her death was ruled a suicide. A lot of people, myself included, are not entirely convinced that this was a suicide. Okay, I think I'm going to have to hear more. Okay. By the way, what an awful way to go. This is terrible. It's even more bizarre. It's so, just wait till you get details. Like, it's it's so bizarre. So when the call originally came in, paramedics showed up at the scene. And one of them, a woman named Christy Cook, ran to the room where Phoebe was in an attempt to provide medical assistance, which is her whole job, right? Yeah. She was stopped by the police officers saying that it was a crime scene. And she was not allowed to go into this room. She said from what she was able to see, and she's several feet away from Phoebe, uh, the woman on the floor did appear to be deceased. She had a bluish tint and she was, you know, laying still. She could see there were injuries to her hip and leg and to her right ankle, which was in an unnatural position. However, no one went into the room 
to actually put hands on Phoebe and confirm that she was dead. Like not even the police officers? Nobody. They saw her. They found her. And I'll tell you more about how she was found. Nobody went and actually checked on her. And Christy said this bothered her for months because her training is to go help people in these types of situations. And in this case, she was not allowed to go check on this person I mean, who at clearly least to needed check her a pulse. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, they that's just weird. saw her, assumed she was dead. That's it. No documentation of anybody at all going to check on this woman to see if she needed any kind of assistance. The first people to actually enter the room were the crime scene specialist who did not arrive on scene until several hours later. And investigators determined that Phoebe had crawled into the chute, feet first, fallen down the chute, and then had her right foot almost completely severed by the compacting machine at the bottom. She then slumped further into the machine where her hip was sliced open by the compactor blade. Mm -hmm. This is horrible. It's awful. Then the steel trap door opened and she fell into the room in which she was found. And she died from blood loss as she crawled around, presumably to find the door to leave the room. So she didn't die immediately, which is why it's so imperative. Somebody go check on her. They were able to prove that she was alive when she landed and crawled around looking to try to get out of this dark room with these horrible injuries. Oh, Gosh, she made it to the door and left a bloody handprint on it, but was unable to open it. Her jeans were found pulled down around her knees. Okay, that's strange. Okay, go ahead. So nothing about the scene made any sense, honestly, to Phoebe's family. So Phoebe's grandfather, Lorne Campbell, who was a retired police detective of 28 years, decided he was going to do his own investigation. Get it. Yep. So he hired Neil Bone, the head of Waste Tech Engineering, which is the company that designed and manufactured manufactured these trash chutes. And they recreated the exact chute that Phoebe had fallen down so that Lauren could use it to do his own experiments. Wow. Okay. Getting to the bottom of it. Oh, for sure. He's not playing. So the first thing he wanted to do was recreate Phoebe's fall. And he did so with two of Phoebe's friends. So he got two of her girlfriends who were similar in size and stature to Phoebe to see if they could climb into the chute feet first, the way Phoebe went down. One was able to. One was able to climb in. But the other couldn't, like, get all the way in because by the time she got down to, like, her shoulders, her shoulders were too broad. Okay. This chute opening was only 14 and a half by eight and a half inches. Okay, I'm claustrophobic just thinking about it. Me <laughs> I mean, too. like, you know, you and I have talked about, like, you have some kind of funny phobias. I do. <laughs> claustrophobia <laughs> being one of them. Uh, but I, I am slightly claustrophobic and getting more so as I get older, which is kind of an interesting phenomenon. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just the thought of squeezing my body into that gives me, like, the heebie-jeebies. I truly don't know how it's possible. I'm a pretty petite boned person. Like I have a yeah. small frame. I'm five feet tall. Yeah. 14 and a half inches at its widest point. Like that's yeah. two and a half inches longer than a ruler. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like you would have to be 
and she was she was a very petite woman but like what but, that but is you, so small you've got to really want to make that you work. have got to really want to get it yeah. like you don't accidentally lean too far over you don't and fall, fall in right and especially she went down feet first right so she definitely didn't fall in and this is off the ground yeah she had to like climb into this yeah because of the size of this opening the only way that Phoebe could have fit into it, the only possible way, and we know that she was in it. Like, we know this is how she died. We know she went through the chute. Okay. So this is not a question of, did she go down the chute? We know we somehow know she, did. she wiggled her body through that chute or was in the chute. Yeah, we know she was in the chute. In shoot. the chute. Okay. But the only way that she could have gone down it was to have her arms, like, completely extended up above her head. It's literally Ooh, the only it's way the she could have fallen. It's the most uncomfortable, like image it, it it truly is truly is now the coroner's report said that phoebe tried to break her fall with her hands how did she do that if they're above her i don't know i mean i guess just like trying to like grab onto the sides oh i see like not break like she's falling forward no, like, like trying to grip falling, the side. Like, so that's probably how they knew like she definitely went through the shoot like they could see yes. like the streak marks because the shoot was filthy right Ew. but her hands were clean what Okay. They estimated she traveled around 52 miles per hour. Oh, so this is like a straight down shoot. Straight down shoot. So 12 she, stories. So once she started going, she was going. She was going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, remember, she's on the 12th floor. Jeez. Right. 52 miles an hour. So even if she'd wanted to stop, I don't think she would have even had time to think about how do I stop myself with my hand like that. Like, and let's go back to the fact if she was in fact inebriated, that would have made it even harder, right? Oh yeah, like gone. I mean, she's just in. She just. I mean, you you don't have motor function. Yeah, you don't, nothing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, but there's there would have been no stopping her. Anyway. Regardless, yeah, yeah. Even with her like wits about her, it was done. Right. Okay. So they were able to figure out that it would have been possible for her to climb into the chute. Like, yeah. However, it would have, it would not have been easy. Like it would have required great dexterity, not even just like effort, like great dexterity. Okay. She could have done it. Okay. But this is, like, she would have had to really want to. Yeah. Phoebe had a blood alcohol level of 0.16, which is three times the legal limit in Australia. Okay. And... In her system, she'd also had the equivalent of having taken one or two Stillnox tablets. Okay. Which are like a type of sleeping pill. Oh, okay. She was not sober. No, clearly. Yeah. And it sounded like she may not have been for a few days. Correct. If everything we're yes. being told is, you know, yes. true. Yes. Well, and I like the independent corroboration of her friend. Yes. Like if it was only Ant's word, I would... You know, be a little bit more wary of it. But sure. the fact that her friend confirmed, like, she's really yeah, not well. She's, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Now, investigators, you know, these private investigators working for Lauren decided that if Phoebe had gotten into the chute by herself, her fingers would have been bruised and injured. Because the door, the way the door was, like, you have to hold it open. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it immediately like snaps back uh-huh so the only way she could have like gotten in there and she would have had to hold the door open in such a way that like right. her fingers her hands right. would have been pretty beat up they were not we talked about her jeans being around her knees yeah that's weird right yes 
especially because she went down feet first. So I was thinking if she had gone down head first, maybe just friction, like maybe, I don't know, maybe they had gotten caught on something and pulled down or something like that. Yeah. There you go. Literally. How did she go down feet first with her jeans around her knees? Here is. Yeah. I don't know. I was actually just thinking, okay, say this was some kind of like, she just, she was suicidal, mm-hmm. um, which I think some of the implication is she could have been. Sure. Right? She really wanted to get in the shit. I'm trying to think, is there a reason like her jeans were too tight or her jeans were creating too much of a barrier? Like, did she need to remove them? Did she need to pull okay. them down in order to fit in, into the shoot? But wouldn't you just take them off completely? Wouldn't they be e- even worse, like bunched up around your knees? I don't know if you're inebriated. Are you going to think about That's true. That? That's true. I don't know. I mean, she just got them off enough that she could get into the shoot. Right. Which was her goal for some very strange reason. I have my theory for the jeans being pulled down is if she did, for whatever reason, whether she was placed in the shoot or purposely went down the shoot or confused and accidentally went down the shoot, that when she got to the bottom, remember her hip was her, Maybe she pulled them down to look at the injury. Or yeah, something. and her leg, her totally foot is almost severed. Down. Now, I don't think a sober person would do that. When you realize how injured you are, I don't think you'd be like, let me start taking my clothes off so I can assess. It would be interesting but, to know if there was a gash in the pants. Mm, which would have meant she was wearing mm-hmm. them when the injury happened. Mm-hmm. If there's no cut in the pants. Okay, so maybe I am just... I don't know. I don't want to say. I feel like there was not, but I might be making that up in my head, so I don't want to say You know it. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I because if there's a cut in them, okay, then they were on and she tried to take them off yes. because she was like, something's pinching. Right. <laughs> Even though, no, lady, you got a huge injury. You know right. what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, that would be interested to it know would, that. I want to say they were intact, but I cannot confirm. I might just be then, like, yeah, I would say maybe that. she had this weird idea of like, I want to get in that shoot. And she somehow in her inebriated state was like, I, I need to take these pants off. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, I have it out at the very end. I'll tell you what my, I have like two theories. I think that could be. Okay. And I'll tell you what they are. Okay. Um, There were no fingerprints around the shoot, which investigators say it's very weird or at least no usable fingerprints okay. so like that they could like use yeah. um but you would think again she's having to hold on if she is crawling in there she's having to, like hold the thing open pull herself up hold on until she's ready to let go and slide you would think there would be some fingerprints on or around that shoot opening and there yeah. weren't so of the of the two women who tried to do this experiment one got in one couldn't but they did a third experiment where a man tried putting a woman who was pretending to be unconscious in the shoot. Okay. And lo and behold, that happened very easily. Very yeah. easy for somebody to put a woman who's just laying still in the shoot. But then you wouldn't have the fingerprints where she's dragging down the shoot. If you're unconscious, how are you going to try to grip the sides of the shoot? I don't know. Personally, for me, that doesn't hold a lot of weight for me because we know that the only way for her to fit was for her hands to be up. So you think they just happened to graze the sides as they I went down? I think so. It's only 14 inches wide. So uh, say you have an unconscious woman, okay? okay? 
and she's unconscious and you put her in, her arms are not going to like hold straight up on their own. They're going to just kind of like fall as far down as they can fall. Yeah, but your fingerprints aren't going, you're not going to be hands out. I don't know. It might depend on how your hands land. We're literally both standing here looking at each other <laughs> with our hands in the air. Like we're going down a street. And our wall, we're our like, finger is going down. I feel like we're going like a roller coaster. Yes. We're both up like we're in a roller coaster. Right? But it, I think it would depend on. How your hands, and they didn't necessarily say they were fingerprints. They just said, like, they thought she tried to, like. Okay, slow her fall. So, to me, that could have just been, but then they said her hands were clean. So, I don't know, I don't know how they came to that conclusion, to be honest. But for me, that doesn't necessarily. Well, how would they be clean anyway if she's literally roaming around in a pit of trash? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. But they said they were. Okay. Okay, so only moments after the police arrived on the scene, the manager of the apartment building arrived. And he knew that this building had security cameras. And he knew that the police are going to want to look at those cameras, right? Of course. And he was on it. So he told the police, hey, guys, you have to download this footage immediately. Because recently we've been having some trouble with these cameras and the looping time is off. Normally, you know, it takes a few days or so for them to re-record, but they've been doing so much quicker than they normally would. So you need to get these, you need to get these cameras and review them quickly. Oh, okay. I mean, like what a, what a great idea, right? He's on it. Making sure they know. Police didn't really seem to care too much about that. That was no hurry. No rush. Ew. Yeah. Screw you guys. Yeah. So the manager said that. I mean, I guess maybe because they all just assumed it was suicide. They're like, uh, we don't really need to. Yeah, but this. that's the very definition of like bad police work. Yeah, okay, that's true. to just assume. Oh, we 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 don't need to watch her kill herself. We know she did it. Yeah, there, in this no, really totally bizarre right. way that makes zero sense. No, that's that's very fair. Get the cameras and confirm. No, that's there true. she is. It would have taken no time, and this manager is like here, basically like giving you like this right. is like here. Right. Here's evidence. It would have been no work. Yeah. Yeah. The manager did say that while he was standing there, they looked at like some, uh, you know, a couple minutes of like footage that just happened to be like right there in the office. But, you know, didn't think it was too big of a deal. Didn't didn't need to go back and find any moments of real importance. And that was the end of that. Wow. Yeah. Hope they don't have to investigate anything related to my family members. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yikes. So the coroner officially ruled this an accident fueled by alcohol and the sleeping drug still knocks. Okay. Now, if the coroner had left the findings open, the new evidence could be investigated. But because it was closed as a suicide, no more investigation is happening. So that's it. Case closed. Now, Mr. Bone, the man who had designed this trash compactor, he said he'd never seen anything like this in his 30 years of being in the waste industry. <laughs> so there are two other cases of people dying by falling down garbage chutes. They were both at the Park Charles Apartments in Baltimore, one in 2010 and one in 2011. Both deaths were ruled accidents. And in both cases, the victim went down the chute head first. So in those scenarios, it kind of seems with it being the same building around the same time. It kind of seems like maybe there was something a little off. Maybe they also, were. So I feel like we need to look into those cases. That is bizarre. It's a little scary, right? But that I can kind of see if you're carrying like a big, heavy bag and you like go to like put it down this hole, really. And maybe you don't let go or it like kind of pulls you down and they go down head first. 
or I don't know, maybe it's kids play. I don't know details. I just know those other two deaths documented regarding. Okay. I don't know. I'm kind of yeah. like, give me an extra cookie, guys. I don't want to extra accidentally go down a trash chute. No, I no. My, I hope my That's body terrifying. Squeeze through it. I'm going to have another phobia now. Trash chute <laughs> falling phobia. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Trash can of phobia. <sighs> <laughs> so, in addition to the strange details of this case, Phoebe's family felt the timing of this apparent suicide or accident was very strange. But more so, if if this was, in fact, a suicide, it didn't make a lot of sense with them regarding the timing. Because Phoebe had promised her mother to decorate the home the next day for her younger brother's 18th birthday party. And then her grandfather was turning 70 the following week. And after that, Phoebe's best friend would be celebrating a birthday. And Phoebe really looked forward to these kinds of, you know, events. So there were a lot of fun things to look forward to in the next coming you know, in the coming days and weeks. So after her death, Phoebe's mom, Natalie, had a conversation with Aunt. And because things had just seemed off with him and with all of the circumstances of Phoebe's death, Natalie decided she was going to record this conversation. Oh, so she is like, she is suspicious. Oh, they, they're not buying it. The family is just not yeah. buying it. Okay. So in this tape, Aunt is heard saying, quote, the hardest thing is that she didn't want to die. She really didn't. It was just that monster was the alcohol, you know. She was coping with her depression. She really was. She was with the best doctors and the best therapist. Every day, alcohol. She couldn't. Just brought out this monster and the monster won. End quote. So, he seemed to, unless he's, you know, putting on a show there. Yeah. He seemed to really, like, be bothered by some type of substance abuse sure i mean to see you know if indeed it was a suicide an mm -hmm. accidental suicide i mean it really is very distressing to see you know someone to succumb to mental health issues especially if they are seeking help and well it's in any regard even if they aren't seeking help it's just very it's very tough very yeah. tough it's awful because there's no like quick easy fix oh it's just absolutely. it's like so yes. Yeah, it's just like there's no snap out of it. No, that's not a thing. Guys, that's not a thing. Right. Anybody who still says like, just make it a great day or snap out of it for someone who is clinically depressed or has clinical anxiety. It, it doesn't work like that. No, it's like a brain thing. It's your and absolutely. And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. If you haven't experienced it. Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it's it almost seems unfathomable. Yeah, like well, I just don't understand where you're so sad all the time, or right. I don't understand where you're so stressed all the time. But yeah, it, I mean, it's chemicals in your brain. Yeah, and it really does. It really can feel like a monster. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's serious. It's very serious, as we can see here in this case. Yes, you know, we talked about Phoebe's family. They're just not buying this whole suicide situation. And one of the reasons that they gave was because they said Phoebe was really claustrophobic really really claustrophobic and so she would have never have willingly put herself into literally this tight space like which makes sense because i'm claustrophobic and i can tell you right now that it, i'm not doing that yeah i'm not doing that no like you know what i mean like okay if you have mental health even if you want to you know end your life there are ways to do it that you're not literally I mean, I will say, I mean, I've, not that I have contemplated suicide, <laughs> but I will tell you, 
that's probably would not be top on my list. Well, and on top of it, too, that's just a bizarre way. Like It's a very bizarre way. Yeah. Like, you know, what a creative. That's a very creative way of doing it if you're going to. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I just can't think of even that being like an option. No. No. Who would be like, you know what? There's this trash chute. Yeah. Let me just walk out here. Yeah. No, yeah. it just doesn't. Let me just hoist myself. Yeah. Let me. Like, yeah. I hope I make it all the way down. Right. Don't get stuck. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Okay. New fear unleashed. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't know. Being cut by that grinder at the bottom was pretty horrible. Yeah. But being stuck sounds, oh, I would just die of a heart attack, I think. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. No, I would just, Ooh. that would be the end. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Now, you want to hear something a little interesting about Ant and his family? Okay. So Ant's father, George Hample, was a longtime Supreme Court judge. Okay. Well, a lot of people think that because of his position, he's able to get attention off of his children when they yeah. find themselves in trouble. Yeah. Uh, for example, in 2014, Aunt's sister, Christina, was arrested for drug trafficking. Oh, okay. Serious? Yeah. But then she was never charged. Okay. Something else interesting about uh, Christina was after Phoebe's death... In 2016, Christina posted kind of a weird photo, or she made like a weird post onto Facebook, and it was a photo of her and Phoebe, and it was captioned, I just stumbled across my favorite pic of beautiful Phoebe. I miss you, darling. You were a fragile little flower that no one watered. You and your family were let down by the justice system and those who represent it. I only hope that one day the truth will come out so that they may have some peace. And then this post was taken down 12 hours later. So she definitely thought her brother had something to do with it. That's kind of what I read. I would read into it that now, granted, we don't know what kind of relationship the two of them have. So maybe she, she just didn't like him or was bitter or whatever. Right. But she definitely thought he had something to do with it. Seems or like it. Or should have at least been looked into further. Seems like it. The fact that she said the justice system let you down and I hope one day the truth comes out. That's like, okay, I don't know what else you could possibly say. I don't hear through that any, like, smoking gun, like, she knows something. Right. But I think she suspects something. Y yeah. Yeah. Uh, she took the post down 12 hours later, never spoken that about it again. Yeah, because probably her dad was like, um, hello, do you want me to get you out of your drug charges again? <laughs> well, and that's How why... How about she don't throw shade? <laughs> and that's why I mentioned the dad, because... Yeah. Um... Yeah. Could that possibly be why police were so quick to say, oh, suicide? Well, and also, even, and, and I don't want to say, you know, he's definitely corrupt or anything like that. But I do think there is kind of this, even if he didn't ask for help, just because of his position, nobody wants to be on his bad side. And so if there's a way to explain things away, that would just be better for everyone, maybe. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? I Honestly, and maybe this is going to make me sound like a horrible person, but like, it's kind of natural. Like, I don't know. I feel like anybody who says they don't kind of protect their own is kind of lying. Well, and people that you know, they're like, right. listen, I know this judge. There's no way his children could have done something yes. like this. You know, I think there is something when you know someone personally, it, it does change the way you view things. And I think Again, like you said, that's natural. Yeah, I think it is. You know, I mean, we don't, we have biases. Yes. We just do, even if you're trying not to. 
Right. Because I try not to. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that because that sounds terrible. But you just kind of But like if somebody had told you something bad about like one of my kids had been like mean to another kid. Right. I'd be like, no, I know those kids. They're sweet kids. Exactly. You're going to be like, Stephanie would not raise them like, you right. know, or or I know I know them. They've never done that around me. I don't believe right. they did that. Well, they could have totally done it. Right. You know, but I yeah. think your natural ind- indication is like, no. I mean, yeah. You think you know somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The official ruling was that Phoebe put herself feet first into the chute accidentally while intoxicated and under the influence of the sleeping drug still sleeping drug still knocks. So after all the private investigations, that is the official ruling. Now, Natalie, Phoebe's mom, has wanted to appeal this finding, but the Hansduke family has been advised by the Coroner's Act that they had very narrow appeal grounds and that this appeal was likely to fail and the family could be made responsible for substantial court costs. Okay, we've talked about this before, but one of the places I like to go after I've done all like my real research on a case is to Reddit because like people just give their opinions and like some are out there and some are like bizarre and some are like... Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I never would have thought of that. And on this case, I thought it was really interesting because there were a whole bunch of people on Reddit. And so many of them talked about how they had taken sleep taken sleeping drugs before, such as Ambien or here, still Knox, And they could see themselves crawling into a garbage chute after having taken the, these pills. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I also, I mean, I, I wasn't on the Reddit board, but I have heard of cases like that um, where it's almost like you just hallucinate. Like, you don't yes. even know. It's like a lucid dream. Like, you're just not sure where you are, what you're doing. She could have thought she was crawling into her bed. Yes. So I have a friend who uh, had to take sleeping pills for a period of time to sleep she literally had insomnia and she would co- tell me like all these crazy things i mean she had conversations with like dead presidents and she would see creatures uh in her corner and one day she woke up and there was a man standing over her bed and just like all these things that weren't really happening but were absolutely really happening in her brain yeah so it may not be as far out there like and that, that could have also explained the pants half down. Like maybe she got dressed, but she didn't get it all the way or got undressed, but didn't like who knows? Or she felt something weird in her pants or yeah. she felt the weird cut in her hip or yeah. she like to me that is and this is kind of where my theory comes in. I think it's very possible that if she were confused, yeah, she could have somehow done this herself. There's also stories on Reddit where someone is like so deeply asleep due to taking sleeping drugs that they accidentally cause their own death while they're like sleepwalking. Well, combined with the alcohol too, let's not right. forget her blood alcohol level is three times the legal amount. Right. In Australia. Right. I, I know so that's a lot going on a in, lot. A, in a tiny body. In a tiny body yeah. that's clearly suffering from something. Yes. Um. Yeah. I... I used to have night terrors two of my kids get night terrors i don't know if you've ever experienced these but like um, my oldest used to get night terrors okay. when he was you know maybe three four five years old uh, they're off and and so you guys know like you cannot wake them up it's terrifying they appear to be awake yes but whatever is happening like is happening to them and it doesn't matter like it, they even tell you don't even like 
really try to touch them or talk to them because in their dreams, say they're dreaming of a dragon or something. If you're trying to like wake them up or comfort them, you might be the dragon. Well, that's what happened. That's oh, exactly what gosh. happened. I didn't know. Uh-huh. I didn't know because it just starts. Yes. Like, and and they so, look awake and he looked awake. And so, and I remember like grabbing him and him screaming louder mm-hmm. and it was just like, he thought I was the monster. Yes. And he literally started screaming my name. Yes. Oh, it makes me cheery thinking yes. about it because there was just nothing I could do. Nothing. You literally have to write it out. Yes. Sometimes they take minutes. It was Sometimes. Awful. Yeah. My, um, my middle son used to have them and they would last for like an hour yes they would go and go and go and it it was it's awful because they're so terrified and there's nothing you can do i've had a couple i had them when i was little and i don't remember but as an adult once i woke up thinking there was a rat crawling on me and to this day i still like there was a rat crawling on me and all i had to do to get this rat off me was get up to turn the light off and like all I, that's all I, my mission in life was get up, turn the light off. And the second I turn the light off or on, I'm sorry, turn the light on because it's in the middle of the night. Yeah. Second I turned it on, the rat went away. Everything was normal. It was like in that second. There was no rat. It wasn't, but in, it was, so, and I was up and I was walking around and yeah. I turned the, so all that to say, I can see how if she was confused and for her. Th- so suffering the, from clinical depression. Mm-hmm. Huge amount of alcohol. Yes. And two sleeping pills. Right. I mean, two sleeping pills. Right. Not one. Two sleeping pills. Yeah. And again, you know, in this idea, again, referencing her friend who said it was a bender. Yes. Meaning her body had probably not been getting proper nutrition, proper sleep, even though she's taking sleeping pills. You know, when you have a lot of alcohol, you're sleeping, but it's not restful sleep. It's not curative. It's not re- regenerative. Regen- what am I trying to rejuvenate? Think? Rejuvenating rejuvenate. sleep. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Restorative. And so, you know, if this had been day, even Aunt said it had been days. Yeah. Days on and off. For, they'd had a rough couple of, yeah. She yeah. Was, and so her body's very depleted. And then you're putting mm-hmm. these chemicals on top of it. Yeah. How and very, very uh, unfortunate. Even if someone did do something to her, she would have been powerless to prevent it. Correct. Yes. I tend to think, oh, I, I don't think anybody killed her. I think that all the questions we have that don't make sense, but the why, why would you do that? Why, like, how? I, I think all of those are explained away by just being like, she didn't realize she was putting herself in a trash compactor. Yeah. But just to leave you with one, one more little thought. Oh, boy. Completely unrelated, or is it? Many years later, Aunt was dating another woman who he was at one point engaged to. They ended up breaking up. And this woman was found dead, alone, in her home, appearing to have hung herself on, like, a kitchen appliance. And again, it was ruled as a suicide. But this is the second woman that Aunt is... Uh, affiliated with dating who has a mysterious self-inflicted death. Now the second woman aunt was not home at the time. They were not living together. She was just found soon after they'd broken up in this kind of bizarre way. Maybe aunt should see like an exorcist or something. Maybe (laughs) Maybe he's got some something something dark going on. Either that or he's just like the most unlucky man in the universe. Well, again, nothing, nothing happened. 
We don't know if that's because of his father or because he was completely uninvolved. I don't know. But just a little. It, I do think it's a little weird that, like, there were curious, two cases. Curious, yeah. curious. But I tend to think Phoebe probably was just confused and somehow ended up. And that, you know, why were the pants? Because a lot of people are like, that makes no sense. You would never take your pants off. But you're looking at it from, like, a sober yeah. point of view. Yeah. All, not all the rules go out the all the rules go out the door when you. You know, the part that I find saddest about this story is that now, I don't know. It does sound like while her family hadn't necessarily seen her a few days prior to her death, they certainly had talked to her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It sounds like she was getting help, but it just seems like at some point there would have been more of an intervention to realize the help she was getting was not helping yes i can see that at the same time i'm like she was 24 years old she's living in this fancy apartment like by a a lot she's with this successful man who all you know he's handsome like you know what i mean like he's a cat and her parents may not have realized everything she was going through and and again to an extent she's 24 years old and that's kind of an age where you kind of well out a little anyway I, I think i think more than even her family i feel like aunt should have stepped in more to maybe help i mean and it sounds like maybe from that recording he had some regrets about i wished i had help more yeah. you know this monster that kind of overtook her mm-hmm. um very sad it's Gosh. really sad and also a terrifying terrifying but i hope she was like not aware of what was going on because that whole thing going down the chute getting cut on my hip crawling around all of that mm-mm. well to me the worst part is knowing that she made it down she was alive and then she was like crawling around trying to looks like trying to make it to the door but you know again it's like an inner room no lights the door is yeah. like it's pitch black you're hurt yes you don't know what's going on and you're trying to find a door and you end up bleeding out before you get there. Very sad. 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And also bizarre. Bizarre. Totally bizarre. And sad. Yeah. Man. Okay. Wow. Um, also, um, I mean, I don't really see that this is ever going to be a possibility, but I'm probably never going to date Ant because that sounds... Like a no-go. <laughs> I think that's a wise choice. He should come Stephanie. with a warning label. <laughs> he should. Like, watch out because... Unfortunate events follow this one. <laughs> really, right? That he may literally not be responsible for any of them. He may have nothing However, to do with it. However, there's some bad juju going on over there. <laughs> there's something. Yeah. It's weird. Weird. Weird, weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we hope you join us next week as we bring you more thrills and chills. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the Dark Oak. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a Just Us Gals production with artwork by Justice Holmes and music by Ryan Creek.